The rumors of the fire in Chicago started to spread slowly in the neighborhood. At first, the news was passed from one person to another, like whispers in the wind. Soon, though, the whispers got louder and louder, and the news started to spread like the fire itself. Michael was downstairs in the basement of Big Patrick's working when he started to hear excited voices from upstairs. He couldn't understand what they were saying except for a few words, including fire and Chicago. Finally, he couldn't stand it anymore, and he went upstairs. There was a group of men talking, including Big Patrick, Gillespie, the head of the Democratic Party, and one other man he didn't recognize. What happened? Michael asked. I'm sorry, but I couldn't help hearing all the noise downstairs. It's all right. This, this may concern you. There was a fire in Chicago, and the rumor has it that the central part of the city was destroyed, said P Big Patrick. Were there any dead? Michael said as he played with his rosary beads in his pocket. Yes, but the number is unknown. Oh, Michael said. Big Patrick looked at him. Are you okay? You don't look well. Gillespie spoke up. Michael Jr. lives in Chicago, doesn't he? Yes, Michael said quietly, his eyes looking down at the ground. Big Patrick put his hand on Michael's shoulder. I'm sure God is watching over him. I will light a candle for him. We all will, Gillespie said, and they all shook their heads. Thank you all, Michael said. I just need to keep busy right now, so I'm going back to work. Are you sure you're going to be okay? Y yes, I just want to keep busy. All right, Big Patrick said as Michael left and went back downstairs. Michael had told them he'd be okay, but that was a lie. He wasn't. Finally, the day was over and he started home. Patricia met him at the door. I heard what happened. I was headed to church to go to Mass and light a candle. Do you want to come? Yes, Michael said as he took her hand as he walked down the street. Danny was already there. And so, to their surprise and light, Mary. Patrick came in shortly thereafter, along with Cassidy. I hope it's okay that I came along. Patrick told me about Michael Jr., and I wanted to pray for him. It's more than fine. All prayers are welcome, said Patricia. As she took Cassidy's hand, they all lit candles for Michael and Raven. Then they all left except for Michael, who continued to pray. Should we wait for him? Danny asked. No, I think we need to leave him his time. He'll come home when he's ready, said Patricia. The telegram finally arrived at Big Patrick's in the morning, four days later. Big Patrick was still sleeping, so Michael came upstairs to answer the door, grumbling. This better not be a some drunk wondering when the pub would open. He opened the door to a young man staying there, red face and out of breath. I have a telegram from Michael O'Shannon. I'm Michael O'Shannon. 
said Michael as the young man handed him the telegram. Michael opened the telegram up. He knows it wasn't from either Michael Jr. or Raven. It was from Tom. Boston and Katie are fine. Michael was severely injured, but it's getting better. Anne is missing and is presumed dead. I'm truly sorry for your loss. We loved Anna as a friend and neighbor. Sincerely, Tom. Stop. What was that? Patrick asked as he came down the stairs. Michael didn't say anything. He just handed him the telegram. Big Patrick read it and handed it back to Michael. Go home, Michael, and be with your family. Yes, thank you, Michael said as he started to leave.